0: everybody. Welcome to Music Therapy. I'm Jessica Risker. I'm a musician based here in Chicago, Illinois, and I'm also a licensed clinical professional counselor. Music Therapy is a podcast about music, mental health, creative process, music careers, all kinds of stuff. Check it out at musictherapypodcast.com. We've got past episodes, uh, upcoming events. And speaking of events, uh, tonight, if you're listening on Tuesday, October 12th, I am playing a show at the Empty Bottle. Um, playing along with Esther, Many Places, and Will Orchard is on tour. Um, So I hope you can come out and see us. It's going to be a really beautiful night with some very talented songwriters. I'm so excited to play and to hear everybody else play their music. So come on out tonight, Empty Bottle, at 7.30. And uh, tomorrow night, Wednesday, October 13th, we have our monthly music therapy group session at Cafe Mustache. And this month we're featuring Izzy True, We'll talk about how mixing up the band members changes the way that the music sounds for the band. And we'll also talk about uh, musicians unions and uh, politics and music and Izzy True's new album called Our Beautiful Baby World. They're going to do performances. We're going to have some comedy and some video. You can either come in person to Cafe Mustache or you can watch it on Cafe Mustache's Twitch channel. So please come out tomorrow night, Cafe Mustache. Doors at eight. Ten dollars suggested donation. We would love to see you there. The shows are really really fun. Okay, let's get to it. So today I'm talking with Savannah Dickhut of Burr Oak. Uh, here's Savannah's bio. Chicago-based songwriter Savannah Dickhut began Burr Oak not as a band but as a personal outlet. She first picked up the guitar as an aid to express her feelings, and. She only began writing the lyrics of her first single, South Cider, after a tumultuous breakup. Songwriter gave her strength at a time when she didn't have it. While Dick Hutt digs deep into her own personal struggles with depression, alcohol, and breakups, she also explores acceptance. Late Bloomer, Dick Hutt's debut album as Burr Oak, portrays imagery of gardens, flowers, and blooming that help make the songwriter's own growth come full circle. We're going to get to my conversation with Savannah in just a minute. We're also going to hear some music. Uh, From Savannah, Uh, first here's a song from me. This is Cut My Hair off the album I See You Among the Stars. Okay, that was "Cut My Hair" by Jessica Risker, and now let's get to my conversation with Savannah Dickhut of Burr Oak.
1: Hi, there hey, you are. Jessica. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I'm, I'm in my my mother's sewing room right now.
0: You're in your mom's <laughs> sewing room. Yes. Are those, I'm looking at all the
1: pictures. It's nice and quiet down here. And my parents are away on a little like trip to our lake house. So I'm
0: just hanging out. (laughs) That's great. Is it in the Chicago area?
1: Yeah, it's in Rogers Park. Oh, okay. Do you sew? I wish. No, my mom is a big sewer and so is my grandma. But no, it's not my thing.
0: Thank you for being on the show. Thanks for having me. <laughs> um, I, my first question is always is always the same. Can you give us orient us to your life and kind of give us uh, an idea of what a typical week these days looks like for you?
1: A typical week, okay, this I would have answered this question so differently like six months ago or whenever we were. Uh-huh. In Things have changed so much for me um, over the past like, I guess, six months since the spring, I started a new job at a preschool. And so I've been working as a preschool teacher, which I really, really love because I've always loved kids. So, um, And I am actually going back to school to get my certificate so I can become a lead teacher in the fall, which I'm really excited about. Mm -hmm. Um, I have my own class of 16 kids. They're three years old, so they're a lot of work. But uh, my week looks like just going to work to my, my um, you know, full-time job and then um, trying to squeeze in as much music practice as I can during the week. Mm-hmm. And with shows coming back, usually it happens, like, after work or on the weekends we rehearse. And, yeah, just trying to also, like, have time for myself. Like, I don't know, like, just relaxing on the
0: weekends. And, yeah, I guess that's my week. <laughs> Yeah, that's great. No, it sounds like you're pretty busy. So six months ago, were you, what were you doing?
1: Six months ago, let's see, six months ago, if it's August, that was what? Like April, May, June, July. Like, yeah, I guess around the March, March March-ish, I was still nannying for a family that I had been working for. Um, For some time, for like two years, I worked with them all through the pandemic. And, um, I guess I was just sort of doing that and, and uh, trying to, you know, like record my record was super hard to do during the pandemic. Cause there was just like so many, like just back and forth, like, no, we can't go back into the studio or like, you know, we go back in, but then it's just like, t- I don't know. It was just stressful,
0: but. Um. Oh, what was the timeline of that, of your album creation, you know, from when you first began the album, to recording it.
1: Oh, my gosh. Like, first began writing it, I guess? Is that what you're asking?
0: Yeah, well, how did it... Yeah, I'm curious, you know, how long did it take? And then thinking about how the pandemic impacted the writing or recording process.
1: I mean, we were planning on recording it, like, in, you know, maybe a, a sort of, like maybe a month or two, just, just, just getting, like, just getting it all done, um, with, with Nick, Nicholas Papaleo and working at his place and trying to, you know, just get it done a lot quicker. That was the plan before the pandemic. But then we had to wait a long time to get back to the studio. And I think like it just did not pan out how we initially, you know, like, I guess I, I, I don't really, I mean, Sorry, I'm just trying to think. It just feels like it's it's a blur like I know. thing with the pandemic. But, like, I, know. I don't even know how it was supposed to go, but it just ended <laughs> up however it ended up going, and we got it out. And I'm just happy it's out, like, now. I'm just happy it's out there, and yeah. I feel really great. Like, I feel like I'm really happy to be talking to you, and I'm really happy that we're talking about mental health and stuff because I feel like it's been... I was so up and down during the pandemic, and and now I feel like better than I've felt in a long time. Really?
0: Kind of, oh so yeah. So up and down. What do you What do you mean? What were you experiencing? I
1: think I was really experiencing like when the when the um, pandemic first hit. I was like really motivated. I was like, I have so much time. Like, I'm gonna write, and I'm gonna like clean my entire house, and I'm yeah. gonna do all this stuff. And then I don't know. I just like after, I think that was when, you know, we all thought, oh, this isn't going to last that long or something. We didn't go. And then after it was like, oh, music's not going to come back like for long, like after like it sunk in more and we were just like, man, we don't know when we're going to get a vaccine, all this stuff. I think that's when I started just getting a little, I guess, depressed or just, I felt like I don't know. I was losing like hope and I, I losing my, my drive. Cause I'm very, I'm a very driven, very motivated person. Mm-hmm. And I just felt like, like a few months in, I was just like, I don't know. I just felt like doing nothing. And that was not mm-hmm. a good feeling.
0: And you were, were you nannying that whole time?
1: So there was a point where I wasn't just because that was like extreme lockdown when we were yeah. all, you know, Like, no one can go anywhere, and all we can do is, like, sit in our house and, like, I don't know, embroider or whatever. I was embroidering. (laughs) I like to embroider. (laughs) Or watch Netflix or, like, read a book. But, like, after that passed and it was safe enough to at least be in your little pods, that's when I went back to my nanny job, which was, I guess, like, a month or two. I can't remember right now, but um, it wasn't that long of a break because I wasn't going back to like a big corporation or something. I was just going back to a small family. So it Mm -hmm. was like, okay, like, have you been quarantining? Yes. I haven't been anywhere. All right. Well, we need you to come watch the kids because like we need to work. Like, so, yeah. so, but as I was working, I still felt like, like, I don't know. I don't have clinical depression or anything, but I just felt like, ah, I just feel, I just remember feeling this horrible feeling of like, just, the days were going by and I just felt like nothing was happening and there was nothing to look forward to.
0: Yeah. Were you, were you able to be creative during that? Any of the, well, I, so going, in going in, on, but any of the yeah, in the beginning
1: I was, but then I sort of just stopped wanting to play music at all. Like I really just like did not play my guitar, did not, do anything really for like a while
0: uh-huh.
1: and it was sad I just didn't I want anything to do with music I just it wasn't I just wasn't feeling inspired
0: you weren't feeling inspired no it sounds to me like you had this pretty fully formed thing and we're ready to record and then it was like nope
1: yeah it was like this uphill thing like we were like playing a bunch of shows and we we're ready to go on tour and we were like like so just you know on this sort of escalator and then it just was just like we just I mean everyone I I don't want to you know just make it sound like we're the only ones going through this because everyone felt like this but it did kind of feel like you know we had a lot going for us and then it would just
0: felt like (laughs) like we hit a
1: like we hit a wall we're like what do we do like you know and so that was not a good feeling.
0: Did you when you went back to record? Did you? How was your connectedness to those songs?
1: I I think I felt connected to a few. Like I I I think I felt connected um, to the song "Trying" that I wrote because it was literally about like what i was going through and that was actually hard for me because sometimes i like to be disconnected from my songs so i don't feel so sad when i'm singing them but like that's how i feel now like i feel disconnected and i can sing it and it's fine i just like just do my job and sing the songs but like i felt really connected to it because i felt like you know the chorus is like just trying to figure out what's next some days i can't get out of bed but i'll keep trying until i drop dead and it's like, I literally felt like that. So mm-hmm. I think like singing it, I think it came across, which was probably good. Cause like, I literally felt that when I recorded the vocals for that song. That's sad. Like, I, I am so glad I don't feel like that anymore. Like that I can't get out of bed. Cause like, that's a really bad feeling.
0: You know, I'm, I'm sort of surprised to hear you say not to not, I, I don't mean to not acknowledge where you were, like, in that darker place. But yeah. I'm I'm sort of surprised to hear you say that when you sing your songs. It sounds to me like your songs are, I think, in something I read, they're like diary entries. They're very, very personal about what you're feeling and just putting it out there. But that you don't feel you purposefully try to put a little space between yourself and the song when you're performing it?
1: Well, if I can, because I, it's so hard for me to not so hard. Maybe that's a little dramatic, but like to go back to that place, to feel that sad again. Like when I write these songs that are so personal, it's like, like, yeah, I am writing in my diary. That's what I truly feel. And so to feel that all the time, it's not, I feel like I can't, Like it's too much. So if I can separate myself from it and be like, okay, this song is for someone else or like I'm not singing about myself or like maybe someone else is feeling this um, and I'm just singing it. Like, I don't know. Does that make sense? I just like I d- disconnecting from it, it. I don't want it to be inauthentic when I'm singing it. But like, I guess it's just really hard for me to like feel those feelings all the time again.
0: Yeah. Do you write or feel inspired out of any other emotions?
1: Usually well, so far I think the best songs I've written are sets. <laughs> and I just had this conversation with somebody recently talking about writing and, and whatnot and, and talking about maybe like for my next release, whether it it's it's an album or an E P or what have you. I think I was saying I would like to write a happy record and they're like, But what? Like I thought you only wrote sad songs. I'm like, no, I don't (laughs) want to only write sad songs. But sad songs, people like feel those. I feel like people really relate to sad songs. And I don't know. That says something.
0: Why do you think for you, you're more musically expressive with that emotion than a happy emotion?
1: I feel like because it comes across as genuine. I don't know. Sometimes like happy songs can be like too campy or too like, you know, like I don't know why I just thought of like if you're happy and you know, <laughs> I teach 3-year-olds. But um no, I I think just like I guess sad girl indie rock or people that, you know, write sad music just you're you're going to that place and inside yourself and you're sort of that's where your deepest emotions I feel like are like not saying like in love emotions aren't deep but like I guess it's just hard for me to write songs convincingly that happy songs convincingly that come across like I said is is genuine and authentic and not I guess cheesy or whatever you know is it cathartic is it cathartic writing the sad songs yeah. Yeah, it it really is. It is cathartic. And I think it helps me process those emotions. And like, it's almost like my therapy. Like, it's like, uh-huh. I've seen therapists before and whatnot. But like, honestly, since I started writing when I was 15, like, that's just always been a healthy, uh, why did I say healthy, a healthy coping mechanism for me, like to, to write those things down. And then like, I feel like I'm like, I like, I I do away with them. Like, I'm like, okay, I wrote it down. I got it out of my system. Like mm-hmm. I'm, I'm over it. I'm done. Like I can, I can move on. And that's, yes, I think it is cathartic.
0: You, of course, only what you're comfortable sharing, but you said you've seen therapists before. Part of what I'm trying to do with the show is promote, you know, more mental health awareness, more normalization of therapy and paying attention to your mental health. Have you, broadly speaking, have they been helpful experiences when you've seen therapists? or how um, it
1: I, That's a really great question. And personally, not for me, no, but I I don't think I've—I I, think— you really need to find a therapist that's right for you. And I think Mm -hmm. I like had one during the pandemic and she wasn't really a great fit. And then I was like, this isn't working. Like, I'm just going to like, like get, not give up, but just like, you know, try to deal with this on my own, like talk to my friends, talk to my mom or family members. And, and that's what I did. And, you know, I eventually got back to a, a good place and whatnot, but like, um, Yeah, I think you just need to find the therapist that's right for you, and you're not always going to get it on the first try. Sometimes you have to, you know, maybe it's the third or fourth one. Like, you just, I don't know. Like, I I should probably try to find another good therapist. But, um, yeah, she just, she didn't really, it just felt like I was talking to her, and, like, she didn't really give me coping mechanisms. We just talked, and, like, she, she didn't, I was fine when I talked to her, but then when I went back, you know, to my life the next day or the week, and I was having a hard time and I was Mm -hmm. in a bad mental space. I didn't know what to do. And that's when I needed Mm. to like, have things to, to like, you know, like jotted down. And I wish you would have given me those things.
0: Yeah. Have you, and I I agree 100% with you that the connection you have with the therapist is, is like the, the most important thing, arguably. Um, Did you, have you found that there are things that have helped you with some of what you've been dealing with?
1: Honestly, I think just like being busy again and getting back to, to life and just feeling like motivated again, like something that's helped is the vaccine.
0: Yeah.
1: (laughs) I don't know. Like just feeling like, I think it was hard for everyone during the pandemic. And for me, like I said, I don't have clinical depression. I think when I'm in a good headspace and I'm working and I'm feeling good about what I'm doing, I'm fine, you know, and I, a lot of people struggle with clinical depression. Like, you know, I have so many friends that do my girlfriend, you know, a lot of, a lot of people do. And, and Mm -hmm. I think like, it's really important to find those coping mechanisms. So when you feel like you're getting into that bad, space you can get out of it and before it really gets bad. And like, yeah, for me, it's just simple things like, you know, going on a bike ride or like, you know, maybe like uh, talking to a friend or being around family or or do, feeling safe, like, you know, with like in a safe space, like where I'm comfortable, like in my house or something like, cause I think even though I don't have depression, I do get anxious a lot. And that was also something that you know, I thought, I think we were going to discuss tonight mm-hmm. too, like being anxious before a show and like just building things up in your head. Like, you know, that's something that I definitely want to get better at for sure.
0: Well, let's, let's talk about that. First, I want to acknowledge this comment. Uh, therapeutic relationships are so powerful. Yeah, they are. They're uh, uh, one of the most important parts of therapy. Um you yeah that's something you mentioned anxiety before performance. What do you experience before a performance, and how long before the performance do you experience it?
1: Sometimes it's like days before, and this time around it it was days before, and I think it's because it was the first show back from a you know a pandemic and not playing for so long, and I wasn't in the swing of things i was nervous about everything I was like you know it, it was our album release show it was like you know oh,
0: man knew yeah. that
1: it was very close to selling out like there was a lot of people like I think we brought in like 180 people and that was making me nervous especially with like even though everyone was vaccinated and everyone was wearing masks just like everyone in the room again like I think it was a like, COVID anxiety and then just anxiety of like putting on a good show for people like what if they don't like it? Like all this stuff running through my head. And then like, of course I obsess over little things. Like, is the merch going to be like, are you know, is going to be organized in the way that I want it? Like, cause I have like OCD, like slight OCD. And I'm like, anyway, so it's just like all of those things. And I was thinking about this like days before the show. And then when the show finally came, you know, when it was Saturday, I felt relaxed. And I was trying to like have a good morning and stuff. But then when it was got closer to the evening, I think I just got super anxious again. And so I think something that's something I need to really work on.
0: (laughs) So you felt okay the morning in the show. I kind of want to go back. So leading up to it, you know, do you feel, I always, you know, break anxiety into the two components of the physical anxiety and then the mental component, whether your thoughts, ruminations, or obsessions. Mm-hmm. Um, it sounds like you definitely think a lot when you're feeling anxious bunch your merch oh, yeah. or the show or all that. Can, yeah. Um,
2: to that physical.
0: Yeah. So, what did that look like leading up to when you're getting ready right to play? You know, when there was a band before you, I assume?
1: There were two bands before us, and we were set to go on at 10 p.m.
0: So how were you feeling while they were performing?
1: I was feeling like anxious. I think I was sitting in the green room. I didn't really want to be up there. I was trying not to, you know, like drink anything. I was like, I had eaten before, but I was just like drinking some tea and like just trying to relax. But I think I like didn't want to be... I didn't want to watch them for some reason like I, I went up there but I, I just wanted to like be alone um yeah. and breathe and I don't know if that made it worse but like I don't know I was just thinking I was overthinking I was like oh like is my voice gonna sound okay because before before that Chuba show I had also been struggling with some like vocal health like trying to get my voice back into shape because working at the preschool, I guess, like, it's really, like, working with kids is hard on your voice, working in the classroom, and anyway, all that stuff, but yeah, before the show, I was just literally in the green room, like, sitting with, by myself.
0: So when it was time to perform, how are you? When it was time to perform,
1: it's, like, that light switch goes on, and, like, I know you know, because, you know, you have played many shows, and, and, uh, you know, like, you know how, how it goes, but, you know, it's like, I just like all that time before hitting the stage is my problem. Once I'm on the stage, I'm fine. Uh And I, you know, you just like, you just got to just turn that light switch on and and go. And, but like, I think if I can just figure out a, like a pre-show ritual or something that like eases me into, to to getting on the stage. So I'm not spending like seven hours before like biting my nails, like, ah, like, (laughs) You know, just like distracting myself, doing something. I don't know what, but yeah, getting on a stage, playing was fine. It went well and all that, but it's just the pre-show stuff that
0: gets to me. So is it you, I mean, this has been your first show and that is a big show, especially to start out with your album release and this is your first show back and all that, that would, I can see that that would be nerve wracking. Do you generally then feel anxiety just before any performance. I mean,
1: I used to a lot. And then I think, or at least I thought that I got over it uh, a few years ago, like back play my old band. I thought I did, but then I think I just used like drinking as a coping mechanism to like, just drink before a show. And then just like, that would help a lot. But then I, I think I wouldn't do my best because I would be, you know, like, a few beers in and I wouldn't be sharp. And so now I've gotten to the point where I'm like, okay, I'm cutting that out, but how do I relax now? Cause that's what I was doing. So I think I'm trying to like find other ways to just relax before a show, like either drinking tea or just doing breathing exercise or maybe like CBD something just to relax. Cause it's just those pre-show jitters that I just like just get out of control
0: you wrote in your bio that, you know, part of your music was about your struggle with depression and alcohol. And of course, this is only what you're comfortable sharing, but you referenced alcohol just now. Are you comfortable talking about your relationship with alcohol at all? Yeah, sure. I
1: mean, I think, like I said, I've used it as a coping mechanism. Mm -hmm. And I, I think that it's, that's not healthy to do. And I think that my relationship with it was an unhealthy relationship and I've developed a healthy relationship with it where I can separate it from my work. And that was the problem was, you know, I'm not an alcoholic. I, I have, you know, been to therapy and I've talked to a lot of people about it and I, you know, it actually something that does run in my family. So I was concerned about that, but, um, you know, I'm able to control it. I think it was just, it was a problem because I was using it to help with my anxiety, like those pre-show anxieties and, and letting it interfere with my work when, Mm -hmm. you know, it shouldn't. And that's the problem with the music industry is that you walk in and they're like, here are your drink tickets, like, you know, whatever. It's like, no, I, I'm not drinking. I, I'm, I don't want to, I'm working, you know what I mean? And that's the the thing is that I developed this really unhealthy relationship with it because of this industry that I'm in. It's like, would you go to your nine to five and drink? Would you go to your, like, you know, I wouldn't drink at my preschool job. Like, it's just not right. Right. So that's where things went wrong. And I am comfortable talking about it because I think a lot of people have this, this
0: problem.
1: A lot of musicians,
0: Uh, Yeah, absolutely. And it is just part of the culture. And, um, there's also just a lot of waiting around. There's all the feelings that do come with nervousness performing or a relief after you've performed. And sometimes people want to throw some alcohol on top of that. Yep. yep.
1: So much waiting around, so much waiting around before. And then after you're like, let's party. You know what I mean? It's just a whole, it's not a party that I'm working. And it's just a total waiting game. And it's like, you know, what do you do headlining? And you have to load in at, you know, 4 (laughs) p.m. And you're on tour and like, okay, go walk around. But then they're like serving you whatever. And it's just, yeah, of course I'm going to have a beer or whatever. And then that leads to two or three. And then by the time it's your set at 10 p.m., you're like, whatever. You're four or five beers deep and that's not what you want.
0: Right. Right. So, you know, you've definitely in this conversation, it's just, yeah. Sorry, there's a delay. Go ahead.
1: Oh, no. Oh, I'm done.
0: Yeah. Um, What were we going to say? I was going to say that a few times in our conversation, you've said, you know, this is my job. You refer to it as that. Do you feel like you have always thought of it that way? Was there a shift where you were framing playing music as a job? there has
1: been a true shift yes i think just becoming like you know i'm 27 now when i was in my early 20s i was like like, this is just i'm having fun i'm whatever you know i I didn't really look at it like in that way i didn't take it as seriously now i take it so much i think just i take it so seriously maybe that's a problem is i'm taking it too seriously i mean there has to be like, a, a of okay, you're enjoying yourself, you're having a good time, but you're also taking it seriously. Like, I think I want to learn how to rea- relax, and I want to, like, learn how to have enjoy myself, but I also don't want to go back to being like, I'm just going to have a good time tonight and whatever, and then be hungover the next morning, because that's not what I want. So I, I, I sort of made a big shift, and now I need to just, like, figure out how to, you know still enjoy myself, but not in an unhealthy way, uh-huh. I guess. So I'm I'm still just trying to figure that out.
0: Yeah. When you're talking about, you know, taking it seriously now, is there something you feel or you hope to work toward with your music?
1: Yeah, I think just working towards, you know, I always thought that I would do it like it would be my, full-time job or like I would tour for months and I would you know I wouldn't have a day job and I would just be a musician and I don't really think that or I don't have that mindset anymore because I don't think it's really realistic I just feel like uh you know I, I want to to be able to play shows that um I don't know like I guess not like bigger shows but just shows I guess that I feel like are like the next level shows Mm -hmm. like when I played Lincoln Hall for the first time I felt really accomplished Mm -hmm. like stuff like that and just you know it feels really good to have the record out and have people like responding and listening to it and and I guess just like my goal for for this band is to just keep making music and keep playing and like you know I I don't really I'm not expecting too much like I don't like I said I don't have to rely on my music to like pay my bills and, and you know pay my rent because some people do, and that sounds really stressful, so I'm happy with my day job and I just I guess I just would like to tour some and you know like get out there and 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 play some clues outside of Chicago, but um yeah, and make another record but i'm not I'm not putting everything into it. Like, I'm not like, this is everything. Like I, I can see clearly now, like, I don't know. It's, it's something that I love to do, but it's not like just my whole life, you know? What have you... Like there's a dichotomy. There's, I have those, I have, I don't know. There's, I can separate myself from it, which I, I don't think I was able to do before, not even like a year ago. So this is a new thing oh, for Oh, really? Me. So what,
0: what did you observe or what did you what shifted that for you I think the pandemic
1: shifted it and just made me realize that like I don't it's too hard to like it seems like such a hard thing to have to just do that all the time like I don't want to have to do that all the time I don't want to have to like rely on selling my records to like support a family like that sounds really stressful and I just I I accepted a full-time job and I realized like you know I I wanna I love working with kids I love teaching and I just I want to have those two things I don't just need to have music be everything and I think I was trying for so long to just like work part-time and focus and like try to get on the road and all that and but I don't know and you know what if it ends up happening it happens but I just I don't want to like plan for that I want to plan And be secure and if something happens like it you know people buy a lot of records and it becomes really successful then that's cool but like i don't want to expect that to happen
0: so that kind of leads to another point um that i wanted to ask you about which is maintaining good mental health while working in the music industry you had you had phrased it on instagram Uh, how to maintain good mental health while working in an industry that's notoriously damaging for many musicians. Yeah.
1: Cause it is. I mean, like looking at a lot of the musicians that I look up to or I love like even like Amy Winehouse or something like what she went through and like that another level, but just like a lot of people in the industry have a hard time, you know, some don't make it out alive. And that's really, really sad. But like, yeah. How to maintain good mental health. I think we already sort of talked about and like just finding those coping mechanisms, being able to like, look at it as work, go into it, you know, with a healthy mindset of like, I'm not, this isn't like, tonight isn't a night for me to take like, eight shots of tequila and, like, whatever. It's just, like, I'm doing my job. I'm performing. You know, I'm... I'm doing the best I can. I People paid money for to, to see me sing these songs and I want to sing them to the best of my ability and, like, and, you know, and then leave and go to sleep and wake up the next day. Like, I, I just think that that's how... One of the ways that you can just maintain a good mindset is to just look at it in, from a different perspective and not look at it as this party world because that's what it can become and then I think it just becomes an unhealthy lifestyle and I don't want to live that life.
0: Yeah, 100%. You, you talked about the other thing you mentioned that I don't think we have quite covered yet are creative process challenges. What are you what are you referring
1: oh, yeah. to there? Um just hitting a block, like a writing block. Like for me it's just like feeling like I don't know, like maybe I'm too busy and I don't have time to write or I guess uninspired. Like that's the challenge. Just like I think working on this album and then feeling like oh it's getting received well Like people are really liking it what if I try to write something for this next release and it's not as good or like I think those challenges are also anxieties Mm -hmm. and trying or thinking too much about what people want and just not thinking about or just not just writing what comes out like which is what I've always done but like it's weird putting out an album and then, like, having that pressure of, like, oh, I have to put out an album that's better than that first album or whatever. Like, I don't know. The creative process in the past has come super naturally to me. Like, I've just been able to just write and just have things, like, flow out of me. And I think recently, maybe it's because I'm focused on other things, but, like, I haven't really been
0: writing a lot. Hmm. So it it used to feel more more organic, easier? Yeah. Like in the past. And you're kind of wondering why. I mean, one thing I hear you saying is feeling some probably self-imposed pressure on a next batch of songs to be as good as or better um, I would imagine would make you second guess some things or feel more critical. Does that the case yeah definitely um maybe there was a freedom before and being just more
1: there was a freedom when I was 15 I think <laughs> and I didn't like I think looking at it now I'm, I'm looking at it like I said my mind has shifted and I'm looking at it as work and it like a, a profession and a job and like all that stuff and before I just looked at it as this free that i love to do and there was no pressure and i could just write whatever and so i want to maybe relearn or go back to 10 years ago when i just felt like i could just write and it was for nothing like who am i writing for it's always been for myself i don't need to write for anyone else or like the pressure of writing a good album like i don't like thinking about
0: that when earlier would you just be i'm curious would it look like? Would you be at home and maybe just playing on guitar and something would come out or would you purposefully sit down and yeah. say, I'm going to write a song now?
1: No, it would literally just be sitting around. I would come home from school. I would just sit and just write, just write whatever came out of my head. Like just so many songs. I used to write like a song a day. I mean, that was when I first started mm-hmm. writing, but like, yeah. I, I would just write, 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 literally write about anything what would come out even before I really knew, like, like writing love songs or like what a breakup felt like or whatever. Like, I would just write about what I thought it felt like or like fantasize, you know, because like songwriting, it's like an exaggeration, right? So it's it's not necessarily what happened exactly, but it's sort of a dramatized version, but I would just dramatize something that was totally never even happened (laughs) but it was kind of fun because i would just make up these stories and and now the songs are more realistic like yes they're about things that happen but it's still dramatized and maybe i'm just not like i said i'm not sad i'm not going through any breakups i'm in a really healthy stable relationship my life is good i feel really like i'm just feel really good mentally right now. So maybe what I need to do is like talk about something besides myself. <laughs> it's, like it have to be about me, but that's what I've always done. So I don't really know how to, I guess I need to write about yeah other things, which is totally possible. I just need to start doing it, I guess.
0: So do you try to sit down and write or is it just, you kind of more waiting for the feeling of being inspired
1: see that whole waiting for the feeling of being inspired like i always thought that was like yeah that's how it works but i don't think that's how it works anymore put your mind to it you can write and i think think like yeah like everyone's like oh this is just the magic of whatever you just have to be like it just comes to whatever and that's what i always thought but i think like I've I've done both ways. I've I've felt like the inspiration or whatever come and then you know, but I think that just comes from being really sad or something. You're like, I have to get it. Or I've sat down before, like I wrote The Crowd, which is the first track on Late Bloomer, like I sat down and I worked that song out and it was when the pandemic first hit and I, I was feeling really motivated driven and I wrote that song. You know, like, I drafted it, I rewrote it, and I think, so there's, it can work both ways. And I think being older now, like, I've been writing for a long time, I think I can, if I want to write a song, I just need to put my mind to it. I don't need to wait around for the inspiration to hit, I just need to sit down and do it. But I just don't think I have done that, because I've been really busy with other things. Um,
0: yeah. And that's okay. Yeah. you know so yeah when you sit down when you sat down and really worked out that song i'm curious what does working out look like for you are you recording yourself do you keep it all in your mind and are just trying to play it through how do you work it out
1: yeah so i guess like to answer your question it was i wrote a melody and then started you know figuring out what the song was about like i wrote the first verse or whatever and then um. Uh, um, I guess what I meant by like drafting is like I would I would write out a chorus and then maybe I would change a few of the words or I would go back and you know come up with something better. But um, most of it came pretty naturally to me. Like I just wrote it. Like the first draft was like pretty much it. Those I feel like those songs that come quick are the best ones because this comes out of you and then you're just like and you're like how did that happen so fast? I feel like I'm back and change something. Then, when you try to change something, it makes it worse. So, you should just, just keep what you wrote originally. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I can, I can relate
0: to that yeah, feeling.
1: I, I really but, need to. Oh, I was just going to say, like, I, I miss writing songs. I sit down and, like, write again because I feel like I haven't been in
0: that headspace. Let me ask you before we end tonight. Um, and I don't want to try to ask you too many questions, especially if there's this delay, which is, which is fine. We're going to roll with it. Um, I to, I would love to hear you talk about your latest album that came out, you know, what it's about, where people can listen to it. Can you share a little bit about Late Bloomer? Yeah, so just
1: came out on July 30th. And um, Intuit, pretty much anywhere on Bandcamp, is preferred spotify it's on apple music it's i think it's on youtube it's pretty everywhere and yeah like we talked about earlier in this podcast like it was a long time coming like a long process of recording it and going into the studio and you know different studios and whatnot but um i spent years i think not i don't know it's each song is different but like some songs that I wrote years ago. And so like putting those songs together, making something cohesive, you know, pouring my heart out, which sounds dramatic, but literally that's what it felt like, you know, and basically watching this project, I guess, blossom before my eyes, like actually releasing a body of work is a, a, a big deal to me. And I think a lot of artists, um, you know, uh, putting out a single is one thing, but releasing an album is really, it's, it's a lot of work. And so it felt really, really good. And like I said, I just want, you know, people to be able to connect to those songs. And like I said, I wrote them and I let them go. I kind of like I said, when I wrote it down and I got it out of my system, it was sort of me like setting it free, like a, a, you know, letting that balloon go. And I like I just but- want people to those songs and, and hopefully, you know, it can help them through a hard time. And um, yeah, and I just feel really grateful for anyone who's listened to it because that means so much to me. And I, I don't know. That's all I could ask for. Well, I, think- I don't really care about. Yeah, I was just going to say one last thing. I don't really care about, like, I, I really appreciate anyone who's who's bought the album. Like, yes, it does help. And I, you know, every cent helps, but it's not about the money for me. It's about helping others and getting my art out there. And that's what I care about most, is just, I don't know, like sharing my feelings with the world hopefully i can connect with people like i just want to connect
0: well i've been listening to it and it sounds amazing your voice is beautiful your singing is so good um and it's been really great talking to you tonight thank you so much oh i also have to give a shout out to your shirt emily jane powers um yes
1: actually i i'm so glad that you that you noticed it because i love emily so much and yeah i was like what am i gonna wear tonight i'll wear my emily power shirt because I, I went to her show which mm-hmm. was like a few days before my show and then she came to my show and got a shirt and i was like this is awesome <laughs> so yeah it was like a really cute cute moment i miss you but i probably
3: shouldn't say that i have an issue with repeating all these past events in my head
0: trying by burr oak i want to thank savannah for her time today and for everything she shared with us i want to thank you guys for listening please give us a review at apple Podcasts, subscribe and uh, hope to see you tonight at the empty bottle and or tomorrow at cafe mustache for our monthly music therapy group session with izzy true music therapy is hosted by jessica risker produced by sullivan davis and engineered by joshua wentz in chicago Hope you guys are doing well and see you next week.